the Boston players love But Michael Jordan is not only the best basketball player, but he's the most exciting basketball player to ever play. Tatum fires away, pumps it in. The Big Three NBA Podcast is powered by Prize Picks, the exclusive daily fantasy partner of the CLNS Media Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Big Three NBA Podcast. I'm Kwani Lunas. I know I look different. Ashrod Blakely, Gary Washburn. We're back. We don't look different. <laughs> I was like, I just need to address it. It is the same person, even though I look completely different. Yes, let's get into the Celtics. <laughs> Being a clown. You see how she started things off about her, Gary? You see that, right? Because I just need to make sure the people have questions sometimes, and I want to make sure I preemptively answer them. Kwani, they they know it's you. (laughs) Hair, no hair, they know it's you. Not no hair. I always have hair. Don't get it twisted now. (laughs) I'm just saying. They know it's you. All right. Well, I appreciate that y'all know it's me. Let's get into the Celtics. They're riding the high, winning nine straight games. They were just at home, finally back at home last night against Tuesday night against the Sixers. How do we feel about the Celtics right now? Just off the top. Let's just get into that. They look good. I mean, they 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 obviously they've been winning all season long, but they look like whenever they get ready to just just put the smack down on you, they can do it. Uh, Philadelphia made a little bit of a surge, got it within two points. And the next thing you know, they getting smashed badly. Uh, and it was and it wasn't just a one man show. Tatum, I thought was really good in the game, but I thought lots of different guys. Jalen Brown, I thought was really good uh, throughout. And this is the Celtics that I think everyone is afraid of. That that team that at any given moment can just absolutely annihilate you. Uh, mm-hmm. And and Philadelphia, you know that 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 score was kind of indicative of how that game was played. The Celtics they picked when they were ready to take over in the fourth quarter, and it was it just wasn't a game when they decided to lock in. So. I thought um, the Celtics, you know, were impressive in the sense of learning how to win a different way. Uh, obviously, Nick Nurse is a is a very good coach. Um, has faced the Celtics probably more times than any other coach, maybe besides Eric Spolstra, in the last four or five years. And remember, in the bubble, he had that like, uh, you know, trapping press or whatever, and um, really neutralized and, and went at Kimbo Walker, if you remember that, in the bubble and kind of neutralized him and then kind of was like the, the beginning of the end for Kimba in Boston when he did that. And so he's a really bright coach. And he came at a way, was like, listen, we're not letting them shoot threes. We're just not going to let them shoot threes. They were two for 11 in the first half, three for 11 in the second half. But they were able to win win by, uh, you know, 18 points from free throw line, um, being efficient, uh, attacking the paint, 64 points in the paint. So I thought they were very efficient other than the shooting the three. They were five for 22. I mean, they had not had as few as five threes since, I want to say, December 21 in the 22 attempts was the lowest since January 21. So we're talking about three years, right? Two and a half, three years on those numbers. So I thought they just figured out a way to win. Now, you know, you can say Philadelphia was shorthanded, no Embiid. Um, Really, Tyrese Maxey was the only one playing. I mean, uh, you know, Tobias Harris was just terrible as usual. Just terrible. 
just terrible. A lot of shots. So if he gets it going and other guys, it's a it's a very competitive game. And it was. It was 91-89. But I just thought the Celtics won without basically hitting three-pointers. I mean, they hit three in the second, three in the second half, two in the first half. And that's not unlike the Celtics. The Celtics took two three-pointers in the second quarter. I mean, that's just unlike them. You know, they had to do it a different way because that's what the game mandated. And they did it. And they were able to uh, pull away for a win. Now, are they playing their best basketball this season? Eh, I think they can be better, but they're also getting it done. They beat the Knicks. They beat, um, you know, the, the, the Bulls last week. You know, they, they, they're they're beating and they're covering the spread for you betters. They're taking care of business. So we'll see how the next couple of games go. Dallas, Golden State, Cleveland, Denver. So the four tough ones coming up in Phoenix. So the next five are tough, but I think they're playing good ball and they're figuring out other ways to win besides the three. They're figuring out other ways that they need to be challenged because the playoffs, they're going to be challenged by Nick Nurse or Eric Spolstra or Doc Rivers um, or J.B. Bickerstaff, whoever. They're going to they're going to throw uh, some haymakers at the Celtics and the Celtics better be ready. So numbers wise, they're the best team in the league right now. But to your point, there is always room for improvement. What exactly would you like to see them continue to build upon, especially with these next few games? For me, um, just be more consistent, not turn the ball over as much. They had too many turnovers against the 76ers. Um, and that's the one thing, you know, you can't have six, seven turnovers from Jalen or, you know, five or six from Jason uh, and just, be more efficient. The, the the stretches where you're letting teams come back into the game or runs, you know, put teams away. Um, but I think defensively they're solid. I think they killed uh, the 76 on the boards, 56 to 28. I mean, that's, that's just the, the, the number one rebounding team in the NBA now. So that shows you something. I mean, this is in addition to, you know, leading the league in three pointers and offensive deficiency, efficiency and defensive efficiency. They're also number one in rebounding. But I would like to see just more overall consistency. Make some make make it some easy nights. Put away some teams early, and they'll be challenged. Dallas is going to really challenge them with Luca and Kyrie, and you know the Warriors. The Warriors might be struggling, but but you know Steph and Clay are going to play their best games, and we know Draymond's going to act a fool. He's going to play his best. <laughs> Look, game. I'm ready. So <laughs> you know that Sunday game is going to be a challenge. So when teams challenge you, punch back. And try to pull away, make make it a little bit easier on your, you know, on yourself in terms of uh, being more consistent. But other than that, I mean, I don't see some glaring weaknesses. You know, offensive rebounding they need to to cut down on a, the Knicks stayed in the game by by second chance points, offensive rebounds, that type of thing. You know, the little things. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to see them continue to find different ways to find success. Because uh, I, I think once you get to the playoffs, there's no one-size-fits-all way that you're going to win night in, night out. You're going to have to mix things up a little bit. And the more they show the ability to do that and win games doing that, the tougher it is for opponents to game plan against them. Because there's no – they then – 
force you to look at a lot of different ways that the Celtics, that you have to contend with the Celtics. And that is to the Celtics benefit because when you get out there on the floor, all of a sudden they have more data and analysis and things to think about than they may have had if you didn't show the ability to beat them without taking a lot of threes. Uh, if you show the ability to beat them, even though, you know, maybe Tatum only plays 25 minutes one game and you get like, you know, your bench plays large, uh, you know, they're on the floor for a significant amount of time, even though the game really wasn't that blown out. It was actually still a game. They need to show, I think, different sides of who they are so that they become comfortable with those different sides. And just, again, pull it out of that, that tool bag of talent when it is called upon in the playoffs. Hello, everyone. This is Ashra Blakely, part of the CLNS Media Network, and I wanted to tell you about one of our friends, Prize Picks. It's the largest DFS, that's Daily Fantasy Sports, platform in North America. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. You want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill or comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks, submit your entries, and do this in less than 60 seconds. Yes, that's right, less than 60 seconds. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Who doesn't love Taco Tuesday? Every Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize Picks also offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account as we count down these final weeks until the NBA playoffs start. As a longtime fantasy league player myself, Prize Picks is the perfect what's next to satisfy my fantasy league itch. You want into? Here's what you have to do. First, you got to go to prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use the code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. That's right. Prizepicks.com slash CLNS. Use the code CLNS for a first deposit match of up to $100. So that being said, you get a chance to pick more. You can pick less. It's that easy. So moving forward and looking ahead, you mentioned the the game that they have coming up, but just looking at the East and the landscape right now, obviously they're still the number one seed, but again, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Miami, whoever the wild card teams could end up being, who do you guys think is the biggest threat to the Celtics at this point in the season? Miami. I'm going to go with Miami, and and here's why. Uh, Cleveland is playing great basketball. But I'm not sure there's much room for them to grow beyond the way they're playing now. And if this is the best version of Cleveland that we'll see, which I think it is, I still think the Celtics, even if they're not playing their A game, I still think the Celtics A minus B plus B game is better than Cleveland right now in their A game. So they're off the uh, to me, I, I'm not considering them. Milwaukee has some, I think, structural issues that no amount of Doc Rivers Jedi mind tricks is going to fit. Fix. Dame Willard ain't playing no defense. That's just not going to change. And the Celtics are one of those teams that will feast upon your weak link at that end of the floor. Uh, Dame is going to have to spend a decent amount of time guarding Drew Holiday and Jalen Brown. 
I don't like his chances defensively. Now, obviously, he's a phenomenal talent at the other end of the floor. But the problem for him is he's dealing with some phenomenal defenders also who are going to make his life as a scorer harder than ignore, than he's used to. Uh, he's used to having maybe one guy, you know, that he's got to deal with. And once he can get past him and, and, and put his imprint on that matchup, he's good. But you got Tatum you got to worry about. You got Drew Holiday you got to worry about. You got Derek White you got to worry about. So he's going to have problems in a series against Celtics. Now, Miami, here's the thing. Terry Rozier has not played great basketball, but I think the closer we get to the postseason, the closer he's going to become to being comfortable in that system and being a difference maker. Because the way that team is structured on paper, you're saying they, they're not really in the same class as the Celtics. But what they're going to do is what they always do. They're going to junk up the game. They're going to find ways to get you playing their brand of basketball. And that's why when I said earlier about the Celtics finding different ways to win between now and the playoffs, that's the type of team that you're going to have to figure out ways to win. And it's not necessarily going to be you knocking down the three ball. It's not necessarily going to be Tatum going off for 40. You might have to win a game where you get 60, 70 points on twos and maybe 15 or 18 points on threes. You're going to have to find ways to beat that team in ways that may not necessarily play to what your strengths are. And, and that, to me, makes them a nervous and a dangerous team because there's no guarantee you're going to find that pivot spot, that sweet spot that you can shift into. Uh, do I think the Celtics will beat them in a the best of seven? Yeah, but they're going to make you work way harder than I think any other team in the East. Yeah, I agree with Trot. Um The Heat are starting to play. And then again, what I yeah, I know, huh? <laughs> I know. See, I wasn't going to say nothing, but Quani, oh, Curly Q Quani got me on that one. Curly uh, Q Quani, wow, Curly that's Q, I like that. Wow. <laughs> uh, the Heat are starting to play better basketball. Um, they're on a West Coast road trip. They've already won at Sacramento and at um, Portland, and I know they got Denver and. Uh, on Thursday, that'll be an interesting game. But and they're playing without Tyre Hero. Jimmy Butler was suspended for a game. They still won that. So the Heat are finding ways to navigate exactly what the Heat do. They're not gonna. They're not dead. And then the East is so shaky right now that the Heat, the Heat are creeping up. The Sixers are slipping. The Knicks are not healthy. They're slipping. Um, you know. Chicago and Atlanta trays out. Yeah. The Bulls are, are shaky. The Magic are so inconsistent. Remember, we thought the Magic would be a real contender, maybe for a top four seed, and they have slipped uh, most of the season. You know, most of the last you know few months. You know, the the Celtics are the only team without any real problems, right? You know, so and, and I said the Cavs are are playing well, like but like Sherrod said, like I do think they're peaking. I don't know if they're capable of winning a seven-game series against Milwaukee or Boston or even the Knicks, right? I don't know. I think they'll win a first-round series. I'm not sure about the next series. So I'd say the Miami Heat because they're going to get healthier. They're mm -hmm. going to find a way to muck up the game, like Sherrod said. Caleb Martin is going to turn to Kobe again, and the Celtics better be ready for that. And – you know, that's the that's the they they better be ready because they're in the river. We all know they're gonna play in the playoffs again. I was talking to uh, Anthony Chang from uh, Miami Herald. You know, good good guy on the on the on the Heat beat. And you know, we both say we we all we all know these these two teams 
We'll see each other in the playoffs. It's just fate. It's just how it's going to go. There's going to be no perfect road for the Celtics championship than going through Miami is going to be one of those teams. You probably think Miami, you probably think Milwaukee. I don't know how it's going to work, but you got to think those two teams are going to be in their way. And um, Miami's a team that's played, un they have played banged up all year, but miraculously they're going to be healthy when the playoffs get here because that's what they do. Um, Jimmy Butler started to play Jimmy Butler style basketball. They're going to get back Tyler Hero in a couple of games. You know, Jaime Jaquez, all rookie team guy, Bam Adebayo, still one of the best centers in the league. So they're the, they're to the be feared to me. I think the Celtics got to figure out a way because they know Spolcher's going to come up with some ways. And even though the Celtics are, and they still haven't figured out a way how to guard Porzingis, but I guarantee you by the time that playoff series comes around, they're going to have some quirky way, quirky defense against Porzingis. So that's what I think the Celtics need to look out for. And, uh, like, you know, everybody else has got the problems. Cleveland, I have faith in. New York's got to get healthy. Philly just looks like, even though if they get uh, Embiid back, let's say by the end of the season, regular, are they going to be ready? Is Embiid going to really put in and be 100% by then? Mm. Or the Sixers going to say, you know what, Joel, just, you know, you, we, you're, you've got too much of an investment in you. Just wait till yeah. next season and get yeah. completely healthy. I, I just don't see him suddenly coming off B surgery and turning into uh, Shaq in the playoffs and just carrying his team straight from two, three months off. I just don't see that. I guess so. Um, the road for the Celtics, if you look at uh, the Eastern Conference playoffs, it's pretty much laid out like the teams. Now, the team to look out for that could speak in a playing spot is the Toronto Raptors, okay? Hmm. I watched them beat Indiana the other night, and they've they made a lot of moves, and there's guys on there, you're like, damn, how, they they playing for the Raptors? Yeah. Um, our friend Kelly Olenek, um, you know, obviously Scotty Barnes, and then Bruce Brown, um, you know, and there's they got a bunch of just mixed pieces but now they have kind of Gary Trent Jr., as we know, he's been there. The kid from Utah Jazz, um, I didn't want to pronounce his name, gave himself Spitz last year, came over with Olenek in the trade with the Jazz. Like, they've got some players, and they're four games back of the playing spot. And I think they're sort of like, what the hell, we might as well try to go for this thing, because you got to think Brooklyn is, is not, not going to make a run. But Toronto's a team to look out for. But – if you're the Celtics, it's either going to be in the first round, Toronto, Atlanta, Chicago. Um, you know, you could think maybe Philadelphia if they slip, um, maybe Orlando. Because remember, the Hawks without Trey Young, what what are they going to be without Trey Young for a while? Oh, so four weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. He's well, had, he had surgery on his hand. Yeah. So it, you know, if you're Celtics fans, I know you. You know, the, the regular season can never be boring, but and I know the Celtics are likely to clinch number one seed, but look at, you know, the play-in could be something to watch because obviously the Celtics will be playing one of those teams in the first round, and you don't want one of those teams to take a chunk out of you. You want to be able to, to take care of business. And we haven't talked about the Indiana Pacers, who have been really up and down too. Remember, Indiana has already played the Celtics five times. 
Um, and they've been up and down too. So you're going to get one of those up and down teams in the first round, and then maybe those Miami Heat in the second round. Well, hopefully you do get an up and down team and can understand to how to use that momentum. But obviously that's still a, not a long ways to go, but a few months to go. But right now what's really building is the momentum for Tatum's MVP campaign. We've talked about it over the last few weeks about the fact that he is an MVP candidate. But of course, it it still takes a little more work for him to stand out in this actual season and so Missoula Perk they've given him support got Draymond Green that's also rooting for him but what do you two think right now he needs to do and it seems like since we last spoke about it he has some some of the things you two have mentioned but what do you do think he needs to continue to do to break into that conversation and be legitimately considered well the thing about Tatum is that um when you look at the guys who who won MVP recently, you know, th there's been something that they did during that stretch that really kind of, they weren't just playing well, they were playing like historically well. Like they were doing things that at that position or at that team or that franchise you hadn't seen before. For Tatum, I think winning alone is not going to get it done. Tatum has to do something significantly special. You know, go on a tear where he's averaging like 30 and 10, uh, where he has like seven, eight, nine games where he's doing that and they're winning. Because the thing that people are going to come back to is if, if Tatum starts putting up those ridiculous type numbers, that's going to have more, that's going to resonate more than someone else doing that because people are going to be like, damn, he's playing with Porzingis. He's playing with D white. He's playing with yeah. Drew Holly. There's a lot of mouths to feed. And if he is making yeah. sure everyone else is eating good and he's eating even greater than he has in the past, that might, elevate him in the conversation but mm -hmm. truth be told this year i just don't think he's going to be able to do enough to to break through that top three um mm -hmm. I, I think he's going to be top five tatum rest of the season uh and the other thing he has going against him and, and again I, I'm, I'm curious what gary's thoughts are on this it feels as though tatum is judged by a different metric than some of these other cats i mean people talk about tatum and, and, you know, um, just his, his numbers and, and, you know, his numbers are good, but there's this argument that they say you should be about winning and Tatum has done that. And yet when it comes to MVP, it's like, well, we really want to see the numbers. That's why Shea Gilders-Alexander is, you know, putting up big numbers and Oklahoma oh, yeah. City is having a great year. But if we're being honest and real, they're like a three to four game losing streak from dropping all the way down to like four or five in the West. It's that tight, that compact. Tatum, meanwhile, has put up, you know, really good numbers. And his team is continuing to put more and more distance between them and the rest of the league. And yet it, it feels as though him not being a consensus top three MVP candidate, something feels wrong about that when the guy is the best player on the best team that's putting more and more distance between themselves and the rest of the league. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think Jason is going to need, okay, so the Celtics have a lot of, you know, signature, big-time national TV games coming up. Dallas on Friday, Golden State on Sunday, Cleveland on Tuesday, just picked up by TNT, next Thursday at Denver, next Saturday at Phoenix, okay? All big-time games, um, national TV. Jason needs to, to show, show, up, show out in those games, just straight up on a national TV audience. He needs to outplay Luka. He needs to outplay Jokic. He needs to outplay Donovan Mitchell. He needs to outplay Curry. Like, he needs to be that guy. And that's what's going to get him on the MVP press for this. And I think 
to me, it's great that he's having a nice year. I think his numbers are a little down because the Celtics are deeper. I don't think he's having a, a worst year statistically. It's just not as many shot attempts. His three-point uh, percentage is up. But I just think he needs to have some signature games, a game that's just like, I'm taking boys, jump on my back. I'm taking us to the promised land. Is that winning at Denver? That might be where he goes for 42 points at Denver and they get a, a dub at Ball Arena. Or is that beating KD and uh, Bradley Beal, his buddy, and Devin Booker at Phoenix a couple of nights later on Saturday night at ABC? That might be what they have to do. Uh, to, Tatum's got to show out in these national games. And the schedule gets softer after that. So him doing that against Detroit or Washington or Charlotte or Atlanta ain't going to really do the trick. It's going to be these showcase games over the next couple of weeks that the Celtics have, you know, they got two games against Milwaukee, you know, show out again. Like, Tatum's going to have to do that. Because I think, you know, is he being judged off the, the 22 finals? Probably. I think there's a little fatigue of like, yeah, we're, we're tired of this guy. Like, this guy, he ain't led his team to a championship. Neither is Luka, you know. Um, you know, neither is Shea Gillis Alexander, but Shea's the new kid on the block. He's the new name in Oklahoma City for the first time. Last year they made the play, and this year they're a legit contender in the West. So he has been the central figure of that rebuild. Tatum has been the central figure of the Celtics rebuild, but it's been four or five years now. So I just think there might be a little Tatum fatigue. Mm -hmm. I think people are were a little disappointed at his performance in the finals, 21 points, like, you know, he was terrible from the two-point line. He couldn't get to the rim, and he wasn't finishing. Like, just a bad series. Jalen was the best Celtic in that series. So I think there's this level of like, yeah, Tatum, you're good. You're really good. But are you elite? Are you top five? Are you top three? Are you one of the best players in the league every night? That's what he has to prove. And he's mm -hmm. got a lineup of players and teams he's facing over the next 10 days that he can show out, you know, and, and really take off his and kick off his MVP. Because right now, the voters, I'm sure the media voters are just starting to figure out, okay, who's, let me figure out who's, you know, somebody I'm thinking about for MVP, Rookie of the Year. Okay, it's going to be Holmgren or Wimby. Most improved, is it going to be Maxi or Kobe White from uh, Chicago Bulls? Like, they're starting to, Put in and in mind, like who who's defensive player of the year? Is it, is it Rudy Gobert? Is he gonna is he running away with the award? You know, uh all these who's all NBA? Like we're we're all starting to kind of put it together a little bit with, with about 20, 25 games left. So Tatum still has a shot and it's wide yeah. open. Yeah. And beat's not gonna win it. Okay. So it's back that down to Luca, Jokic, mm -hmm. and probably Shea Gillis Alexander. Okay, and it, it, it could be a wild card here, Donovan Mitchell, you know, if you want to do the Ant-Man because Minnesota's played well and had a good year, you could throw, throw him in there. But to me, Jason still has a chance, but he's got to show out in these games. Friday's national, Sunday's national, Tuesday's national, Thursday's national, Saturday, five consecutive national TV games. Um you know, and they go out west, show out out west. When, when you know, you got Denver, you got Phoenix, you got Portland, you got Utah, you know, mm -hmm. show out in those two games against Milwaukee. 
right? Show out against that home game against the Knicks. Like, show out against the toughest competition, and I think he'll in increase his chances to where he's on the same level as SGA, Jokic, and Luka. Because right now he's not. Because those guys are putting up these big 50-point games at times. Or, or Jokic's putting up these crazy triple 32 points, 16 rebounds, 16 assists <laughs> against the Warriors the other night. Like what, yeah. yeah, like what's he doing? That's crazy numbers. Tatum is going 27, 10, and, and 8. You know, things like that. You know, which is great. Good stuff, but he needs a signature game. Or a few signature games no i understand that and, and to your point about the national audience and i think that's the biggest slack that fans give the voting the system when it comes to mvp votes and all those awards because a lot of times uh, reporters may not be held accountable to make sure that they're watching every team play at least once or twice and making sure that they have enough data to really make a legitimate choice but i agree with what Sharad said earlier i think the goalposts and that's what Draymond Green said. He said the goalpost continues to change for Jason Tatum. The Celtics are 7.5 games ahead in the league right now, and yet that's still not considered enough because it's still about individual accolades, even though MVP should still, I think, reflect what you contribute to your team despite the numbers. But I'm not the league. <laughs> no, but you but you have value, Kwani. Curly Q, Kwani, you good. You good. <laughs> I, I Your perspective you. is valued. Thank you. Stop thank it, you, Gary. No, but I was I was essentially agreeing with you guys. I think those are really good points. But overall, you kind of said this, Gary, but what's one game that you guys have circled over the, the next few matchups that they have before we close out? Or what should fans probably pay the most attention to? I'll, I can read this schedule for you guys if you need and see what they have coming up. I got they one. have. Oh, you have it. You oh, go ahead, Kwani. Yeah, no, I have the Mavericks, Warriors, Cavs, Nuggets, Suns. Gary said this I was, earlier. Yeah, I was. I, I would say the, the Golden State game because it, it doesn't matter in terms of, you know, whether you're first in the East or anything like that. But the, it feels like that they, there's a certain demonic exorcism that they need to get I'm out of the system dying. that Golden State – brings that yeah. seems to be the, that, that for whatever reason you know gold and this is as good a time as you're ever going to get to absolutely lay the wicked hard smack down on them uh they're not a very good team now uh they've got great players but they're not a very now chris paul's return that obviously changed the calculation a little bit but you still should be able to beat this team and it, so to me, that's one of those games that it's, it may not matter if in the grand scheme of wins and losses, but I think from a psychological standpoint, from just an emotional standpoint, putting that team to bed is a very good thing for this team from an emotional standpoint. Yeah, the game I'm looking forward to, I mean, it's two. The Dallas game I just think will be fun. Kyrie coming back to Boston, Luka, you know, the Mavericks. And then the Denver game at Denver. I think that's a real challenge. The first, I mean, they, they go to Cleveland, but the first game of that West Coast trip, TNT, the altitude, can you, a team that beat them back in Boston, you know, like I think those are the two games. Obviously the Golden State game, like Sharad said, it's going to be a yeah. fun, entertaining game. We all know those Warriors are going to figure out a, a way to, to make it a very competitive game. They're not going to lay down. 
Mm -hmm. We all know Clay's going to hit five or six threes. Steph's going to hit seven or eight. Draymond's going to agitating people. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it still might not be enough. We don't know. But don't think that the Warriors are going to play and lay down. They're going to play well. And so I think, though, that third, that Friday night game against the Dallas Mavericks and next Thursday at Denver, mm -hmm. I think of the two games I'm looking forward to. And then, But they're all fun. The Cleveland game, the Cavaliers are are going to, you know, it, it's a chance for the Celtics. The Celtics' ma magic number, I believe, to clinch the number one seed is 18, which seems like a lot, but you beat Cleveland, you, that's two mm -hmm. games you can pick up in the magic number, and you make things easier on yourself clinching that number one seed. So if they just keep winning and they get the Cleveland game, that's a, that's a monumental game. That's like two games for them. So all of them are fun. All of them are good games. I've seen the, the schedule gets a little softer. I said, then they go after Phoenix, they go to Portland and then Utah or whatever. And then I think that I know they get a series of home games and, but then I know that Milwaukee's coming up, but I think the Dallas game and that Denver. Game. All right. Well, those are the games you all, if you're listening, watching should probably keep a closer eye on, but of course, we appreciate all of the people who support the Big 3 NBA podcast. Until next week, for HR Blakely and Gary Washburn, I'm Kwani Lunas. We appreciate you listening, and we'll be back. Bye.